Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. everybody. Hope everybody's enjoying themselves. Looks like a fine day here in the great state of Montana. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. It's Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe watching in, SWX Montana Television. Appreciate you for doing it, no matter how you're tuning into the show. You want to be involved in the show. We got the text in the call line cooking, which is very fun. 888 406-888-1029. You can call us or text us if you want to be involved in any of the conversations of all the things that we are talking about. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television is joining me, Coulter Nuanas, in studio, as Sean does each and every Wednesday. Maybe a little bit more here in upcoming weeks as well. But we got to get through this upcoming weekend because uh, this is this is kind of the finale, right? This is this is the weekend of the academic calendar and the and the athletic calendar that we are always trying to get to. But it'll be a, a big weekend around Western Montana, particularly the Class AA State Softball Tournament is up in Kalispell, and uh, Missoula Sentinel and Kalispell Glacier among the the favorites in that tournament. So that'll be fun to monitor that from the Western Montana side of things, and the Class AA. State 
AA and C track meets are here in Missoula as well. So that'll be fun to finally have an outdoor track meet here in Missoula, state track meet for um for the first time in a little while that it's been here. So you guys you guys got big coverage plans probably for this weekend. Uh yeah, it is our anniversary. Oh yeah, you you got yeah. anniversary plans ten, too. Ten year anniversary. I can't believe you married for ten years. I know it's crazy. You're like so, hardly just started shaving. Yeah, so we're going to. How uh, old were you when you got married? Twenty one. Two. Twenty two. Mm-hmm. Dang. Graduated. Got married right after. So we're going to Coeur d'Alene. Going to do a little golfing. Going to hang out. And uh, it's, it's going to be the first first weekend without kids in uh, a, a minute. So <laughs> years. That's going to be enjoyable. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, you guys, you guys are all such strong endorsers for for you know my my future of maybe wanting to have children because you guys all make it sound just so fun. Yeah, I mean, no, it's obviously great. But you actually have a more positive attitude about it than most people, I um, know, and I do appreciate that about it's you. It's just, it's funny. Uh, I was gonna take my uh, I was gonna take my youngest to uh, Mismo today, mm-hmm. and my wife was like, I was like, is it all right if I go? She's like, um, I don't. If he gets sick and it ruins this weekend. <laughs> Then I'm going to be really mad. I was like, that's actually a good point. And so we just stay home. <laughs> Smart wife, man. Yeah. We're going to get to our ESPN roundtable here in a minute, talking some in-state recruiting, but just a couple more thoughts on uh, our movies conversation from the first hour. By the way, if you missed anything in the first hour, a fun first hour. Talked a lot of a great NFL talk. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Julio Jones, Tim Tebow. We also heard from Carly Van Heter. She is the uh, Big Sky Conference champion in the women's javelin and an upcoming participant in the NCAA West Regional. And also had some fun talking some movies. What are the what are the perfect films? The perfectly crafted films, and uh, not just your favorites, but the ones that are the most well made, the ones that are the most timeless. And we shared some of our thoughts. You can find all of the first hour on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is available on all your various podcast hosting platforms. N U A N E Z. That'll get you there. Rate, review, subscribe. Five stars is certainly preferred. Blackfoot Communications, Sports Bet Montana, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel the proud presenters of the Nuanas Now podcast. A text uh, from a listener. Tombstone and Shawshank Redemption, two perfect movies, and The Natural is the best baseball movie, says the listener. Thanks so much for that feedback. Shawshank is really good. Shawshank's a good movie. Um, Tombstone's good. If you are a Tombstone fan, then you should watch The Unforgiven. The Unforgiven, in my opinion, is the greatest Western movie of all time. I actually believe it is the only Western movie to ever win an Academy Award for Best Picture. So Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood is a, an amazing film. Tom, you seen that one? That might need to go on your list. Now, I'm not answering another question from you because I still haven't answered the last three you asked. Okay, well, can, can, fill me in. My number one movie. Okay. But behind Superbad or this is including <laughs> Superbad? Uh this is number one, super bad. Number okay. two, next in line is like the next best, but it's not super bad. Dazed and Confused. Man. Matthew McConaughey's breakout role. You know, all right, all right, all right. Party at the Moon Tower. Iconic movie. Number three, for me, is Dead Poets Society with Robin Williams. Very good movie. One of the great films. Have of you all seen time. Goodwill Hunting, Tommy? Nope. Wow, you need Goodwill mm. Hunting in your I know it's you reference. I've seen Goodwill Hunting. Good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you would love Goodwill Hunting, Tommy. You actually might be Will Hunting. I don't know what that means. You are the <laughs> you are the kid that's like working as the janitor at the college, but you're actually smarter than all the professors. That's yeah. you. <laughs> I had this. Oh, yeah. Wow, you, this that's is right. actually crazy. You might are Will be. Hunting. Yeah. Got, that's your. You got the Matt Damon hair flip and everything. How would you rank like top three like types of movies? Because you said you don't like comedy. Well, so I have an issue. 
where pretty much anything that I'm going to spend my non-working time, which is very little because I am a workaholic, on, I want it to make me feel some sort of way. And you, there, there's a better chance that a movie is going to make me feel disturbed, sad, or put out than it is going to make me happy. It's flawed my personality. But I, <laughs> I love dark movies or movies that really pull on uh, the, the comprehension of, of what it means to be human or the, the evils or darkness that exists among humans. It's so like murder, you like thriller, murder. Kind of, sure, sure, sure. I mean, it's like it's set, it's set, seven, seven is one there. of my favorite yeah. movies for yeah. sure. Um, the Fountain comes to mind as a movie I really enjoy. Silence of the Lambs. Like that kind Silence of, of the Lambs. Um, but more movie, I, 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 I'm a big film guy. Like I like it to be a film, not a movie. I don't want a blockbuster with special effects. I don't care about all that. I'm evaluating it based on the script writing and the acting and I, see, I'm in the same, the I don't screenplay. really like, I don't really like action movies the best not because really like either. they're all just like the same and predictable. like car chases, like don't do it for me, you know? Cause they're all the same. It's like, I don't care about the fancy like flips and crashes and blah, blah, blah. I rather have just like a cleverly written script with good acting. Like that's why I love like the departed and things like that. Yep. Um, and I good, I love a good, like just mystery where it like just kind of has a, you know, twists and turns and things like that. Have you seen no, no country for old men? Of course. Read that, the book as that's well. That's great. Cormac McCarthy is one of my favorite that, authors. That's so. great. Yeah. I, I Cormac McCarthy, um, all the pretty horses and uh, No Country for Old Men, two of my two of my favorite uh, movies. I also I've actually studied film pretty at a pretty high degree. I, I almost got a minor in film at the University of Montana. I took two four hundred level uh, acting slash film analysis classes. They were both very rewarding and fun, and uh, that really got me into film. But Black Swan, I mentioned that one. I mean, I, it's not necessarily like my favorite type of story or whatever. I just thought it was such a well-crafted see, and I, beautiful movie. I, I've seen it, but it was so long ago. You need to watch it again. See, I'm, I, uh, I have a weird memory in the fact that like I can watch a movie and then I'll forget a, like most of it after like a couple of years. So then I can, it's kind of great because then I can rewatch it and it's almost like <laughs> I watched it for the first time. <laughs> so like... But I, and I will remember if it's like good or not, but I won't remember like all the specific details. But DiCaprio and Denzel are my two favorite. Those are my dudes. I, I'm very into the guys that are the, the directors too, because I think that there's certain directors that are very, they have very consistent films. Martin Scorsese, who directed The Departed, is, um, I've never seen a Scorsese movie I didn't like. Yep. I've never seen a Francis Ford Coppola movie I didn't like. Um, Coen Brothers? The Coen Brothers are pretty good. David Aronofsky is probably one of, if not my favorites. He is the guy behind Black Swan. He also was uh, the director and producer of The Wrestler, The Fountain, Requiem for a Dream, and Pie. So he doesn't have a long list, but certainly some of my favorite um, movies as well. We're going to get back to some movies later on because this is fun to talk about. But time now for our ESPN Roundtable presented proudly by Paradise Falls. Are you playing in some sort of spring sport league? You got adult soccer going on or maybe you're doing softball or um, maybe you're having golf league, whatever. Want to wet your whistle before, after you get done with your activities? Head on over to Paradise Falls. They still have the best late happy hour in town from 9 to 11, Monday through Thursday. You can get half-price cocktails and $3 beers. And they're keeping the kitchen open until 11 now that it's uh, into the later uh, daylight hours as well. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula, the proud presenter of the ESPN Roundtable. All right, Renee, we haven't actually talked about this, so I'm going to set the stage for you here okay. real quick. 
This, this comes from the, the, sort of the thing that triggered this thought was B.J. Robertson, who is the director of high school operations as well as special teams coordinator at Montana State the last five years, former head coach at Montana Western. He left the Bobcat football program, uh, I guess, probably about a month ago. A guy that's very well liked around the state of Montana. The position that he held for Jeff Choate in being sort of the liaison for all the high school coaches in Montana was, I think, an important one. Choate, when he first got to Montana State, he threw down the gauntlet and basically made a bunch of proclamations about a variety of things, but he crafted the narrative so well of how important it is to dominate the rivalry with the University of Montana every single day. And he had all his hashtags, you know, beat the sky, own the state, you know, and, and all and all his different things. And then he beat the Grizz four years in a row, which, which gave a lot of his um, provocative talk some validity because they, it wasn't just talking. They got it done on the field, too. So that's part of it. But then there was also a lot of talk about who was winning the in-state recruiting battle. I think that there was a lot of the narrative gravitating toward Montana State winning the in-state recruiting battle each year. But I got to thinking about this as far as uh, guys from the state of Montana that play for the two Montana schools. And I was thinking, because because with B.J. Robertson leaving, there's been this narrative that that's really going to kill the Cats. How are the Cats going to keep up with in-state recruiting without Coach Robertson as this director of high school relations? So then I was thinking, okay, over the last five years then, who are the, the recruits that the Cats really just got that, th- that they wouldn't have got otherwise if it wasn't for B.J. or they wouldn't have got otherwise because of their winning the, the rivalry game. And I got to thinking that there's very few guys that really were battle sort of recruits at all that either school got. Most of the guys were sort of routed the way that they were going to go anyways. And then I also started thinking about who are some of the best guys from the state of Montana that have come out of Montana to play for the Montana schools in the last couple of years. And maybe start thinking, well, that's actually kind of crazy because it's not as many as you might think. And we're going to get into maybe the why. But rather than go through every single guy from the state of Montana that's signed with the two schools over the last five years, I mean, that would take a full 10 minutes to read the list because it's, you know, it's 50-plus guys on each side. But we'll just talk just briefly about some of the guys that have, have signed as part of the in-state recruiting battle and then talk about what this actually what, what this actually means and is this a huge loss for Montana State? BJ is a great guy, but is Montana State's in-state recruiting going to completely fall off just because Coach Robinson's not there and because Bobby Houck is back at Montana? We'll get into that here in a minute. But right now, when you look at Montana State, their best guy for Montana is obviously Troy Anderson. He's a Dillon, Montana native, but he's also a legacy guy for the Bobcats. I think that there was really no chance that Troy Anderson was going to go anywhere in-state but Montana. Excuse me, but Montana State. If he was going to go somewhere besides Montana State, he wasn't going to stay in state. He was going to go out of state. So Troy Anderson, while is certainly the best player from Montana that's in the rivalry right now, I don't necessarily consider that a huge recruiting win. I don't think that I think that Troy Anderson is going to go to Montana State, whether Jeff Choate or Rob Ash or Brett Vegan or B.J. Robertson or anybody is there. So we'll, we'll shelf Troy Anderson. But then you look at a couple of the other best guys from Montana that play for Montana State. Chase Benson is an All-American candidate, a defensive tackle. He's a Helena, Montana guy. Um, I don't really know if Montana even offered him out of high school. So uh, even if he wasn't a legacy Montana State guy, I don't know if that's necessarily a recruiting win, but we will give Benson credit. He's a, he's a good player at Montana State, has a chance to be great. Other impact guys that Jeff Choate and his staff brought in, Michael Jobin, who has since retired. Uh, he just wanted to move on. He graduated, and so he just wanted to move on with his life. But he started at middle linebacker for a couple of years for the Cats. Uh, Kyle Finch is expected to be a starter out of Dillon this year. Jared Padmus was the starting punter 
for the Bobcats. But then you look at the last couple recruiting classes for MSU. Uh, Nolan Askelson, uh, a linebacker for Billy Seniors. He's, he's, a, he's a pretty good player. He's probably going to be a, a high-rep guy this year for the Bobcats. And then most of the other guys, especially from the last couple recruiting classes, have either already flamed out or are yet to make an impact. Probably the best guy from the 2018 recruiting class is Ryan Lonergan. But he's hardly seen the field. And many of the other Montana guys aren't with the program. You talk about the next year's recruiting class, those guys are all redshirt freshmen, so none of them have really gotten a chance to, to make an impact. Well, then you look at the Grizz. Who do you think, I mean, think of, the, think of the Grizz roster right now and think of the Montana guys. Really, Jace Lewis mm-hmm. is the only real But he wasn't even like a star. highly... But, right, and the, and, the Cats didn't, and the Cats didn't really recruit him. He was yeah. not a highly recruited guy. He was a partial scholarship guy out of, out of uh, towns of Montana. And then Look across the board. So, I mean, Solcer. Gabe Solcer yeah. is 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 the is probably the most talented and the most prestigious recruit they've gotten in the last handful of years. But he's also a legacy guy. His dad and uncle played for the Grizz. His sister ran track here. So I don't think he was really ever going to go to Montana State either. The Deming twins, who by the way you just heard in the Sports Center, they they did transfer from Montana. They now found a new home at Illinois State. A couple of Billings West products. That was a, that was a good win for the Grizz because those guys are both solid players, and you get two for one with them being twins. And the Cats did recruit the Deming Twins. That was, that was a, sort of a good recruiting win. But by and large, most of the Montana guys that the Grizz have gotten, too, have not been... I mean, Mitch Roberts is a pretty good player, but his mom played hoops at Montana. He's a Missoula guy. What about Marcus Wellnell? Marcus Wellnell. The Cats didn't recruit Marcus Wellnell that hard, but but he's developed a good player. So, that, so we're going to get to that part in a minute because I do think that there's a distinct element of... The head coach wanted to develop the Montana guys. Choate was really good at recruiting them. But also, they had massive attrition of guys from Montana leaving Montana State. It's sort of an undertold story of the Choate era at Montana State. Bobby Houck is so good at developing guys like Marcus Wellnell, the under-recruited guy from Helena, who then becomes a great player. Yeah. Do you... I feel like... I've always wanted to do this, but i just gotten... You know, as a, as a TV guy, sometimes we are more on a daily deadline. Sure. And so it's harder to do big picture stuff. Have you ever done just like taking the full recruiting class for each team and then like four years later, like yep. graded it out? Yep. Yep. I have, I have done that. We should do a podcast on that. Cause that's what we should do for sure. Because it's so hard. And cause you know, I mean, cause then you see, you know, I'm looking at the, some of the Montana guys on this roster mm-hmm. and like Dylan cook, is one of the better players from Montana, but he wasn't an original. He wasn't a recruit. There was yeah, no recruiting so like, battle there at all. So I think it, it's fascinating. It would be fascinating to more so just go back to this senior class when they were that recruiting class four or five, five years ago or whatever, and look just look at both initial initial recruiting classes, and you can go through each guy and give them like a you know A B C D whatever grade or whatever, right. just kind of like add them up and do like an aggregate scoring and see which actual recruiting class was better five years later. Cause that's the only way that you could like truly grade it, you know, because like some of these guys, like you bring in a Jace Lewis, like as a recruiting, you're like, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Like a sure. walk on from sure. like a small sure. school. And sure. he ends up being, you know, an all big sky player while Gabe Solster, like, will probably have an impact. Now, he hasn't really had much of an impact in his career yet. For sure. And, well, and, and one of the things that's been sort of just bad happenstance is a lot of the best guys from Montana have gotten really hurt. 
Like Palou Chapman from Bozeman, who went to Montana State, that was a big recruit when they got him. He's a Bozeman guy, and his dad played for the Cats, but he was still double-A player of the year. But then he he, he only makes it two years because he gets so hurt. Uh, you know, a guy like Keaton Anderson is a double-A player of the year for Billy Senior, who went to Montana State. He gets really hurt. But we've seen it at Montana, too. I mean, so, some of their best... I mean, Trace Latexier, when he was first coming up before he got hurt, was a really good player, and then he got hurt. Jed Nagler was a big recruit out of Whitefish. He got hurt. Devin Mamua uh, out of Billing Senior was a, a big recruit. He got hurt. So, or yeah, or they're like they bring in these like the the athletes, and yeah. they and they don't exactly find a, a position or a home. Like Garrett Graves, sure comes to mind as like a fantastic athlete. I mean, that, Hell Troy Anderson is one of the greatest athletes in the history there, yeah. of Montana, and he's he still hasn't found a home. Yeah, but at least he's made been able to see the field. Oh, for sure, he's been you know, a like, conference But Graves hasn't really been ball. able to get on the field yet. For sure, but he probably could be an impact guy just given that given the opportunity. And you also like see some, you know, Montana quarterback like. The Cats have, they're mostly young now, but they had, some of them left, like a ton of like Montana quarterbacks on that roster that could be good, but they might just might not play, you know? So, so that's like, you always bring in like sometimes these these athletes from Montana and you kind of, they sometimes just don't find their role yet. Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanez, Sean Rainey from SWX Montana, joining me in studio. It's our ESPN Roundtable, discussing the ins and outs of the in-state recruiting battle. How much does it actually matter for Montana, Montana State? Um, ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. I have some theories here. So first of all, the the, the initial thesis here from from my thinking about this is that the the number one thing that Montana State did during the Jeff Choate era in terms of winning the in-state recruiting battle was talking about how they did. Because the actual results of what it yielded them is marginally impactful. Most of Montana State's best players and great success have actually been out-of-state guys. I know in-state people don't like hearing that. We're going through it right now with the Lady Grizz and all the Lady Grizz fans just flipping out because multiple uh, girls are no longer on the roster that are from Montana. But I also think there's a, there's a real element here twofold. One, there's a phenomenon that has happened that I don't really understand. It used to be that there would be between four and as many as eight Division One caliber offensive linemen mm-hmm. in the state of Montana every year. Those were the big recruiting battles. Like you look at the 2001 national championship team for Montana, every single starter on the offensive line was from a small town in Montana. You look at some of the great Bobcat offensive lines. So many of those guys were from the state of Montana. Now, honestly, the best the best offensive line recruit from the state of Montana in the last five years has been Jake Sessions, and he was he was out of Cold Strip, Montana. The Cats got him. That was, was the he was the only full ride guy from both sides, and he ended up starting half a dozen games at Montana State, and then graduated and is not going to play his his COVID year. And other than that, I mean, the two best Montana offensive line, University of Montana offensive linemen right now are one Colton Kynes, who was just a massive project when he got there, and he's become a, a pretty and solid. The other one was a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, right. Until Cook was a quarterback, yeah. an NAIA quarterback in the yeah. Frontier Conference, and now he's a starting right tackle, yeah. right? And Montana State, they don't have a, uh, an offensive lineman from Montana that's yeah. a starter. That's crazy. That phenomenon is wild, and I think that does impact what we're talking about here because half of these guys that I'm looking at are listed as receivers and running backs and stuff. Those guys aren't going to really make impacts because you can go get Isaiah Fonse and Marcus Knight, so the kid from Huntley Project is yeah. going to have a hard time seeing the it's field. Gonna be, yeah, it's going to be your linemen. It's going to be your linebackers. It's going to be your tight ends. Right. Um, yeah, I, I just want to know what happened to the linemen, though. Why? What is this? Part of it, I thought my brother Brooks knew I was from SkylineSportsMT.com. I thought he had a good theory. Part of it is, I think, that 
kids these days they want to play all the spots. I mean, obviously everybody has always wanted to be the you know the pass catcher or whatever. But I think it was a lot more common for guys when they knew pretty early that they weren't going to be able to break the rotation at a, a skill position that they had just become an offensive lineman. And I think that there's a lot of guys that probably would have been offensive linemen in in past years that now aren't offensive linemen. Guys that or they just don't play football. Sure, that's true too. It's like, hey, if I can't, if I'm not going to be a at least like a tight end where I might be able to catch some balls. And, you know, I think overall across the country, I think football numbers are down a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like some of those guys might just might not even be playing. Bobby Houck and Craig Paulson. Craig Paulson's from Plentywood. He's former defensive coordinator in Montana. I asked Bobby this and Bobby passed this theory from Paulson along to me. I thought it was very interesting. The east side of the state of Montana is almost exclusively based on agriculture. Towns like Sydney and Miles City and Malta and Glasgow and all along the High Line, Haver, all that. Two things have happened to those towns. One, not a lot of people are, are moving there or moving back there because there's limited opportunities in terms of making careers. There's also, because of the, the nationalization and, and the, the, the uh, domestic farming, it needs to be at its essence, regulated by the government so that you don't have surpluses or famines so that you can keep the supply chain of a national food supply going at all times. Therefore, crop production programs, crop production land are pretty common now. In other words, if you're a big, if you're a farmer with a big wheat farm, a lot of times the government is paying you to not farm half your land. Therefore, you need half as many people to work the land. So therefore, the population is going down. The other thing is that... Um, Farming has had such a huge technological influx to it. So you also need just less people to work on the farm, whether it's, you know, it used to be if you owned a farm, you had a bunch of kids because you need people to work on the farm. And now you don't need that because it's, it's so much more electronic. You can, as a farmer, you can do your whole field by yourself with a tractor because they're so much more efficient. And so this is all caused for those towns to have significantly less people and then significantly less young people, significantly less kids, which then in turn makes the prospects significantly less as well. But then you also wonder, I, I just, I also think though that part of that is just an excuse because I think that there has to just be some, some big, strong kids in, in Sydney and Malta and stuff still, right? I mean, the Miles City, like there has to be, right? I, I just, I, I don't understand how there's not more guys that are coming out of the state of Montana on the lines, particularly on the offensive line. I don't know. That's an interesting, I mean, that's an interesting theory. I just think some of them might not just be playing football anymore because they didn't just disappear. Sure. You know, like, I, I just, I want to know, I, I haven't, I mean, I haven't seen a kid like Taryn Hillsland or, or Colin Dow or, you know, Levi Horn, some of the guys we went to school with. Those dudes were ready-made, like, you could you could see Colin Dow was going to be a four-year starter for the Grizz since he was a sophomore in high school. Like, you yeah. just could see it. Well, I don't well, know then, what happened And now, like, guys. you know, like a Dylan Rollins doesn't even stay in the state. Right. You know, so. Well, that's the other thing is, but it, you can you can tell from the highest level because Dylan Rollins is the first guy from Montana to go to the FBS ranks in, in I believe, seven years. It, it used to be that the best lineman in the state of Montana was getting offered by everybody. Like the, the whole, I mean, like the Ryan boys out of, out of Billings. I mean, they're going, Pat Ryan went to Notre Dame, man. Like you guys were getting recruited by Nebraska and Stanford and high level FBS. And now they're hardly getting recruited by Montana, Montana State. So I don't, I don't know. I think that we could, we could really go down the rabbit hole and, and talk about the softening of the youth of our society, but we won't. We, 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 we will not digress to that level. But here nor there, I guess my, my, to put a bow on this, my thesis here is that 
the in-state recruiting battle is always going to be prominent, but I think that Montana State saying that they've beaten Montana the last several years is more um, its more a narrative and a promotional tool than it is an actual fact. And even if it is a fact, it's not as impactful of a fact as maybe people want you to believe. It's Nuanas Now. That is the ESPN Roundtable presented proudly by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls. NBA playoffs are on. They'll be showing all the games down there. There's three games on tonight. They have an early and late happy hour on weeknights. So head on down to Paradise Falls. Half-price cocktails, $3 beers, half-price appetizers during happy hour as well. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hot spot. Does Brooks Kepka really hate Bryson DeChambeau? Rainey thinks it's a complete WWF storyline. <laughs> Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Back after this. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home Thank you for introducing me to Young and Sick, Tommy. You want to find all the great uh, new music that all the kids are listening to, tune into the new show, 103.3 The Trail, from 6 to 7 every Tuesday night. Tommy will bring you home and get you edumacated on all the trendy music from around the world of... What would you call this? Is this like light rock? This? I don't know, man. Like, I would just call it like... Modern millennial pop thing. See, yeah, I, I haven't heard. I I have not. I haven't been familiar with a single song Tommy's played today. <laughs> That's Tommy, you're supposed to play some some hip hop on Wednesday. Okay, Sean, I'm sorry I didn't play. You know? Don't stop believing for you. <laughs> <laughs> Randy only listened to music when he was in eighth grade, so those are the only songs he Kinda actually true. does. <laughs> Kinda true. Yeah, I don't listen to music and I don't read books. So I'm, just, I'm very cultured. He's <laughs> still fun to take road trips with. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Nuan is now 1029 ESPN, Missoula, Sean Rainey, professing all of his deficiencies here with me, Coulter Nuanez. We do this every Wednesday together. I do this every Monday through Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Missoula, as well as around the great state of Montana on SWX Montana. Speaking of ESPN Missoula and SWX Montana, we are proud presenters of the Missoula Paddleheads for the summer, so all the... Uh, Many of the home games will be simulcast on both SWX and ESPN Radio. All of the games home and away will be here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Tonight's game, however, has been canceled. A lot of rain, as you can probably tell if you're in the uh, Garden City right now. We've had rain pretty much relentlessly since Sunday, and uh, so the field's a little wet, so they canceled tonight's game. So they will be uh, back at it with a doubleheader Tomorrow, So uh, that will start at 6 p.m. So Nuana's now run right up into the doubleheader uh, down there at Ogren Park Allegiance Field. 
on Saturday, I believe it was, Brooks Kepka was doing a post-round interview at the PGA Championship. He was being typical Brooks, um, arrogant and uh, too cool for school. But in the midst of giving an answer, Bryson DeChambeau walked by and muttered something. And that caused Brooks to completely lose his train of thought and then go into a string of profanities and then ask the reporter to then re-ask the question. The video of this then linked, leaked onto Twitter, as everything does this day and age. And it's caused, caused quite a stir. A lot of people love it. They think it's pretty funny. I think it's great for the game of golf. But Rainey thinks that this is a complete shtick. You think it's all staged. It is. Why? Okay, well, number one... Okay, so there's a... I'm looking up the details right now. So there's a $40 million, like, purse that goes... That will split between 10 golfers to whoever generates the most attention, like, on social media and moves the needle for golf. So, obviously... That's a huge uh, and, and number. The number one player gets eight million bucks. So whoever gets more, whoever moves the needle between social and gets people talking about golf the most, or that they deem however they're going to judge this, gets eight million dollars. Well, what better way than to just start a beef between two of the like, you know, biggest, strongest like players on the tour that are you know kind of young and. Brooks has got his whole pardon my take crowd and and Bryson's kind of like the kind of like sciencey like nerd that beefed up and is now huge and you know like he's kind of like the easy guy to like make fun of now you know like everyone likes making fun of Bryson you know and so I think it's just started out as like a shtick and I think now they're just like in on it and they're just rolling with it because they know that like if they both talk about each other then it's going to generate, like, money for all of them. It's kind of like when, like, this reminds me, like, you know, like when celebrities sometimes, uh, like, get married and divorced and it's, like, kind of, like, planned. Or, like, you know, they, they have, like, these beefs on purpose to, like, just get their name out there and generate some buzz and stuff. Like, that's what this is. I, I think it's all fake. I think it, I think that, like, Brooks might general like, genuinely be annoyed by Bryson. And that's where it kind of like started, but I think now they're they're both just kind of have like a a wink wink agreement, and they just kind of run with it. Like, do you see the tweets today? The tweets today were like so corny and like totally. Well, I think these guys are corny, man. I don't know. I they're think pro it's, golfers. I think how it's many all professional that. golfers? How many professional golfers are there that were, have have ever really been attached to reality? I don't know. Because the, the, chance, the chances of you coming from rags to riches in the professional golf game are so small. You almost have to grow up from... You have to you have to live a very privileged life from the beginning. So I think all these guys are very self-centered and lack self-awareness. And I think that's part of what makes them great. I mean, Brooks Kepka's mentality and how arrogant he is is why he's such a good golfer. Listen, man, if there was not $40 million on the line to generate attention like this... I would I would maybe not have that that theory, but if you're telling me that these guys get that Brooks Kepka will get eight million dollars because he's going to be the most talked about golfer because of all of this, sure, he's going to get eight million dollars. This is all the staged, man. It's not real, but it's still fun. Unfortunately, 
pretty much everything in America is about money, and only about money, and it's had a uh, at least tangible, if not detrimental, influence on pretty much every element of the uh, the wholesomeness of anything that we have in our society. So we could go all the way down the rabbit hole as far as the uh, my cynicism towards all of said things, but we won't. Instead, we're going to take one more break, and then we're going to talk all things NBA to take you home here on your Wednesday. It's Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Go on, go on, leave me breathless. I did play something Sean was just trolling me now. Did did do you think she actually sang? Oh, I know where you're going with this. I mean, that was the whole thing, right? That Shania Twain just she's married to Mutt Lang and and she was just a studio creation. She was the Millie Vanilli of nineties country music. Sean has indoctrinated you. Pop music is not a shtick, okay? She's good. She's got uh, she's talented. Well, someone's talented. She might be lip syncing. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't either. Shania Twain. What a phenomenon. Do you know Shania Twain? I believe I believe this is a real stat. I think that Shania Twain is the the greatest selling solo female artist in the history of music. Uh not surprised because she is a real living person with talent. She's not but a real Brian Carey and Whitney Houston and Aretha Franklin and uh, Diana Ross. Who are all significantly more talented than Shania Twain. So why aren't... What so about Beyonce? Beyonce's got to be She's probably She's got to be there. Uh, uh, different analysis. You'd have, probably have to do a, sort of an apples to oranges because people don't really buy records like they did in the yeah. 1990s, right? Fake. Like, False. Yes, well, they did. No, you're, you're right. But, but it used to be the number one barometer for the success of an album was how many albums did the actual album sell. And now people right. buy the singles or they're streaming it or they got the mixtapes or whatever. So it's yeah. more about YouTube downloads and Spotify hits and all this stuff. Yeah. Nuana is now your one-stop shop for all things pop culture analysis. We sometimes talk about sports, but we've been talking mostly movies and music today. <laughs> it's been great. It's been a great show. Sean Radio, SWX Montana Television. Joining me, Colter Nuana's got Tommy Evans, main man, in the back, making sure that uh, Schneider Twain gets on the, uh, the ESPN radio as much as possible. Do you remember when we interviewed Rebecca Black on this show? Oh, oh there's no doubt. I... I, I uh, do we still have the letter that she wrote us? I well, she wrote me a letter. <laughs> your and, your letter, right? Yeah, yeah, I have it. I I uh, I've never really felt like more of a. Uh, I don't even know what word I can say. I, there's no appropriate word I can get away with by saying. I, I I've never I've never <laughs> I've never felt so bad for making fun of somebody so much as when you had this girl on the show. So for those that was don't, the point. The, for those that don't remember, Rebecca Black. Long story short, she somehow had some money in her family, and for her 14th birthday, she wanted to make a song, 
And she made perhaps the worst song in the history of the world. And it was so bad that it became a YouTube phenomenon and a sensation. And mostly because people were making fun of her. And then years later, and so then Tommy used to play this horrific song. Here we go. Yep, this is it. So we played this on Two Telling Nuanas for a couple years on Fridays. <laughs> and uh, then all of a sudden, one day, we got a signed Rebecca Black record in the mail. Hmm. Then Tommy got a personal letter from Rebecca Black telling him, thank you so much for bringing me to a new audience and, and putting me on ESPN radio, and I, I feel so good. And then all of a sudden, Rebecca Black was on our show, and I'm sitting here having to ask her legitimate questions about her music career, which I've done nothing but make fun of for the last two years. <laughs> and it was just really, it was that, that was a the great and also embarrassing moment. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you for setting that up. Anything uh, for you, Coulter, and I will especially remind you about this in the darkest moments of your life moving <laughs> forward. She, her new album is, is much better. She's gotten uh, much improved. She is so, somewhat talented. Good job for, by Rebecca Black. All right, Randy, let's talk a little NBA real quick. Um, first of all, three games tonight. The Wizards and 76ers are already going. Philly's up one nothing in that one. The Hawks and Knicks just tipped here about 20 minutes ago. Atlanta's up one nothing in that one. And then the Jazz and Grizzlies play at 8 p.m. tonight. The Grizzlies up one nothing or the top-seeded Utah Jazz. So let's start with the top seeds. Are the Jazz and the 76ers the shakiest one seeds we've seen in the league in a little while? It's got to be up there. Um, I mean, this is such a funky, you know, regular season coming off like the the short off season. Not a lot of people play. I mean, if if Donovan Mitchell wasn't hurt, I, I don't think we'd say the Jazz were because um, they were really good all year, and they are still good. And I think the the biggest thing about the playoffs is you can't get you can't be a prisoner of the moment. And sure. You know, and I'm obviously a big like uh, sports gambler, and I love the NBA playoffs. Love it because the general public just overreacts so much. Yeah, to games in a series for sure. And I, you know, and, and I think that, uh, and you just, I love the zigzag theory in the NBA playoffs. It is just such a thing. Like Portland looked like they were going to sweep. The Nuggets after Game One, right? It didn't even look like man. They're like they cannot handle the backcourt of Lillard and McCollum, and they, you know, the Blazers look so much better. And then the Nuggets come out and just run them in Game Two for sure. You know, uh, the Lakers they looked horrible. Anthony Davis looked like he wasn't even an All Star player in Game One, and then the Lakers, you know, win you know decently easy in in Game Two. Um, Keeping gas in the tank is so important in a seven-game series, too. And I think that's a lot of why these games do become lopsided. Because if you had the wrong game plan or the wrong spark or the wrong energy or it's just not flowing that night, a lot of times in the NBA, the coaches will just shut it down and say, hey, we play this exact same team in two days. We're not going to burn out. Like We're not going to sit here and play our, our superstars 40 minutes to lose by 12. We'll just go ahead and lose by 30 because we'll we'll bring back yeah. uh, fresher legs the next time we play. I am slightly concerned about like the Jazz because because they just have that that the chemistry unknown. For sure. And also Donovan Mitchell Donovan being Mitchell. in and out of the lineup is, well, is and they tough. Got, there's some weird stuff going on there because I guess like he was expecting to play in game one and the team sat him down and he was not happy about that. I, I, I've been hearing some things like within some people that think that within NBA circles that there's just some, some funky stuff going on 
um, there, and it's kind of a, an awkward situation. So that has me a little bit like curious to see how that plays out. And obviously, he's going to be playing. I think he's going to be playing tonight for the first time in a long time. So it's kind of hard um, after sitting out that long and then just jumping straight into to playoffs because it's just a different intensity. And the Grizzlies have some guards that will get after you. For like sure. Dylan Brooks is... Uh, God, I hate Dylan Brooks. He's one of those guys... <laughs> That's why, yeah. He's one of those guys that um, has, like... He's t- he's overly confident. For sure. And which and when, is, a, and which when is he's, a good thing when he's playing well. 100%. And a terrible thing when he's playing bad. For sure. But, when but he's right play- now he's in the groove, and so it's a good thing. And, and, and he... Guys around the league don't like him and also think he sucks. And so then when he's not sucking, it makes guys even more mad. That, that, that's, it frustrates them, yeah. It's the, that's yeah. the perfect type of playoff guy. The, the guys that are that are just okay, but when they start playing way above their head and they make the other team so mad. It's the Patrick Beverly's of the world, the Dylan Brooks's, the Lou Dort's. Guys, when they just start playing out of their minds, and it's not only good for their team, but it also makes the other team so pissed off that they start playing bad. It's the, it's the Dennis Rodman theory, right? Yeah, but right? I don't know when, like... All of a sudden, you know, Dylan Brooks just turned into like a scorer, like right. shooting like you know twenty. He shot like 26, 29 times or something. Like that. I know. I like, know. When did this happen? <laughs> Unbelievable. So I, I don't know. I think the Jazz will find a way to survive that series, but I don't think that they're a real contender to come out of the West. I just don't think that they're. I think they're good, but I just don't think they're that talented. The West is so much fun. It is so much fun in this first round. It is. Awesome. What do you think of the? So I think that the the Blazers Nuggets series is the best series. I think it wasn't a, that. Uh, great I, think, of a, I think I think Lakers Suns is the best. Well, those are both 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 good series. Yeah. But what do you think of of Dallas taking a two zero lead last night? But this is why every single okay every single series in the NBA playoffs right now is must see except for one. Only one of them is not, and that's the the Sixers Wizard series. Who cares about that one? Right. The Sixers are going to sweep them or beat them in five. But even like the Nets, who are probably going to like you know sweep or beat the Celtics in five. Like this is kind of the the first stretch where we're seeing the three guys playing together in you know in Harden, Irving, and and Durant. Like they haven't played many games together. So even though that series, I don't think is going to be very competitive. It's still interesting to watch because you know they're probably the fa- they're the favorites to win the title, and they haven't played that much together. So it's interesting to see like how they look in the playoffs. We're going to talk all sorts of NBA for pretty much the next two months because it's the best thing going right now. We'll do that tomorrow. We're also going to talk a variety of other things. New was a little Big Sky basketball coach, Jace Henderson. She's going to come on by, former Lady Grizz, both player and coach. She's going to swing by, talk to us a little bit. And we'll also have uh, a couple other guests I'm still working on. I'm still trying to get the schedule lined out for tomorrow. But no Paddleheads game tonight. Nuana's now all week, though. We'll be back at it tomorrow at 4 p.m. So we'll see you then. 1029 ESPN Missoula for Sean Rainey, SWX Montana. I'm Colton Nuanas. Have yourself a great Wednesday evening. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear. At the MSU Bookstore, you can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org. Or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. 
your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.